Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Human Octane. If you're the kind of person who pushes the limit, then you've got to check out Human Octane Apparel. Training and racing apparel designed by OCR athletes, and these guys just get it. Everything they make dries lightning fast, has zippered pockets, is abrasion resistant in high contact areas without bulky padding. I've gotten to know these guys, and trust me, they're going to out-innovate the competition when it comes to OCR gear. Check them out at humanoctane.com. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. All right, so here we are. I've got the sheriff back. It's been a while. It's been a while. And he's been kind of off and recluse, lying and waiting up on the mountain in Malibu. And uh, resurfaced recently to take the win at the Tough Mudder. Uh, what was that, last week, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it was around like three or four weeks ago. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it was close. It was recent. So great. the folks are probably curious to know where the hell the hunter's been. Well, um, I guess I kind of just did a vision quest, man, after uh, the 2016 season was done. You know, I had kind of had that overuse injury with my knee, and I was just, I had all that energy kind of built up to finish off the season. And it just didn't work out in my favor. So, I mean, you know, what do you do? But honestly, I... I just went on a vision quest. I went out to New Zealand for some traveling. I did some exploring and traveling in America with a couple of my buddies, just big bike trips, things like that. But um, just kind of took my head away from the typical life that I live, which is just eat, sleep, train, uh, Spartan race, and Tough Mudders. So it was nice to take that break off, do a little bit of CrossFit. I gained a lot of weight. I think I tipped the scale at 20, 213 no, no, I was close. I was close. Um, I was two thirteen. I was two thirteen, and um, I think basically I kind of got a little bit bigger. But when I went to New Zealand, I wasn't really lifting a lot of weights. It was more like you know doing the twelve ounce curls. You know how it is. Yeah. Well, you were so, looking a little puffy when you came out here to do some work. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? I, I'm not. I'm not afraid of putting on some weight and having a little bit of fun with life because you know I'm a kind of do or die person. You have to put all your poker chips down on on one thing and focus on it. And I also feel the same way about relaxing. Like, you know, a great person to look at is that guy, Mark Allen. He, he wouldn't race or train for three. He wouldn't even train for three months after he was done with Kona world championships. And he probably is the most successful, uh, you know, endurance athlete in history in that sport. Well, he would go into the sweat lodge and eat peyote and, 
you know, his vision quest was a little different than yours. So I don't know. Maybe the peyote was what was making the difference. Hey, and I didn't tell you if I was eating peyote or not, but that's between you yeah. and I. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you did well at Tough Mudder. I was kind of surprised. I remember the conversation that we had as we were heading out there to uh, get ready for this race. I'm like, no, nah, look, look, man, you, you haven't done this in a while. You know, so just let everybody know they're just kind of weaning your way back. You're a little puffy. And lo and behold, you crushed that thing. That was really pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, I had just finished the last CrossFit Open, the workout uh, workout the day before, so I was absolutely fried. Um, but I'm happy with it. You know, I'm excited Tough Mudder's putting together this 10-mile uh, series, which is going to be great. They're going to, I think they're going to go shorter than that in some of the competitive races as well, which will be something interesting to focus on later on. But um, I feel great. You know, another race that I did was the Fit Challenge. I did a race in rhode island it's a very small organization and i honestly put a lcr world championships last year was my known race and uh fit challenge is one i just did a small low budget really kind of like you know backwood race was insanely tough and it really kind of opened my eyes to uh getting my season ready i just like i wanted to be in much better shape when i was done with it kind of you know let that match underneath me to get going again you got a pretty good workout the other day. I, I was feeling pretty good about it. Your uh, overall pace for the length of distance that we traveled was good. You know, you complained a little bit, but all in all, yeah. you looked pretty good, man. Yeah, look, I, I'll admit, um, it, it's hard. To, I would say that probably the, the hardest thing getting back into shape has been has been, like, getting my mind wrapped around workouts. Like, I just started getting back into long runs. Like, running over 60 minutes when I first started training again was just impossible. And then putting the intensity behind it, things even like it just uh, even on un- more unfathomable. So it's, um, I could play in a little bit, but we worked together, man. You rode your bike alongside of me. We hustled real hard. I, I think that's going to be, that's going to be our secret weapon. I mean, it's not a secret anymore because we're on the podcast, but I think you biking alongside of me and cracking the whip will make a big difference this season. Well, I told you before we got on that I had another secret weapon that we're not going to talk about. And I'm so excited about this idea that I came up with. And it's funny, you know, you you spend so much energy in the work and then you have this epiphany and you go, whoa, wait a minute, we'd be doing this and this would be really cool. Well, I had that moment this morning and I just cannot wait to get you in the lab to, to play this game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I want to talk about, let's talk about a couple things. First of all, this Tough Mudder thing, I'm not going to lie to you. I had no idea. It's the first time that I was in audience of a Tough Mudder event and opposed to the Spartan events, different crowd, different energy. I was a little lost. I'm not going to lie. I was a little lost with the whole thing, but it was interesting, a different vibe. And I'm curious to know what your thought is. When they start going into these shorter distances with the unique obstacles they have, how do you think the world's going to take this? Well, I think it's very interesting and it's exciting that there's like finally another race series that's going to be really contending against Spartan Race because now they have CBS that's going to be backing them and, you know, following the whole race series and they're putting down big cash prizes. 
So you're going to see this kind of, you know, crack in the, in the ground where it splits and half of the athletes are going to go towards Tough Mudder and the other half of athletes are going to go towards Spartan Race. And I think it will be a little bit smaller on the Tough Mudder side the first year around, but um, I think it's going to grow a lot. I mean, if they continue to be successful with this model, I think just in the way that you've seen like a really big pop-up in, in the ultra-distance like, you know, population, people are going crazy for that. There's huge races out there now. Yeah. So I think a lot of people would be interested in, and I think people are a little bit, they want to get out of their, their like, you know, their little bubble. I think people are tired of sprints and supers and beasts. I think they want to try something a lot harder. So you're going to see things like the ultra beast on the Spartan side and the, you know, the toughest on the tough mother side are going to really start to grow. So um, as for me, I've actually, I'm starting to think more and more about shortening my races this year. I would actually, like to keep everything under two hours if it, if it's possible. But, um, I would like to keep everything under 15 minutes if it was possible, <laughs> but I, uh, I still haven't, I, I haven't punched that meal ticket just yet. So if anybody's listening and you guys want to start that race for me, I'd appreciate it. So tough mutter in two hours, Spartan two hours. What do you think is a more complicated event? Um, I think Tough Mudder is a much more complicated event. They actually have like some really good innovation of their obstacles. Spartan Race is kind of stuck on this hump where they just think that it, it, it's right now to me, it's like a monkey bar race and some sandbags and some bucket carries. Like you haven't seen Spartan Race in the past couple of years come in with some like really mind blowing innovative stuff. Like they have this, they have this like rotating monkey bar thing now which is pretty cool and you see people challenged in it but you know a company that puts on let's say hundreds of races of years which they claim to do that only has like these very very simple things it's to me it's kind of like child's play like I, I would really like to see a company with that kind of budget start to really invest in making the people who pay for these races and travel around really open their mind to a cool experience where tough mutter like every time I go to a tough mutter, especially world's toughest mutter, it is like over the top. There's so many crazy obstacles and they're, they're making the race change different. Like, you know, you're going on lap a and lap B like halfway through the race, you're going to start going to the other side of the course. So that to me is something that's like really cool. And it gets you like wanting to train harder and like getting more excited about like what's going to happen as the race goes on. So I'll give tough mutter that, but at the same time, um, it's going to take a while for Tough Mudder to catch up to like really being able to run a really well, like a smoothly run an athletic event like Spartan Race is perfected on the shorter ones. I see that. So we're going to go to yeah. uh, the Monterey Super. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many messages I get on a daily basis. Like I'd say like three to five people, strangers, I don't even know who the heck you guys are, contacting me. Hey, bro. Why aren't you racing? Like, are you quitting series? I'm like, what is your problem? You leave me alone. I'm trying to get my shit together. You know, I started last year in Monterey. I'm starting this year in Monterey. It's kind of a trend. Just let it happen. Well, you were doing well in Monterey last year until you came into that Tyrolene ladder or whatever the hell they call that thing. You look like, yeah, a, like, you look like a tuna in a dolphin net. Yeah, well, look. I'm not going to lie. I feel like shooting myself. Um, look, I learned a lot about last year. I learned 
from that event. I learned from being DQ'd from several events, championships, like kicking bells, world championships, Spartan race, to one, never trust the officials, two, always outwork the competition. One thing I've learned is there's very, very talented athletes in the sport, but there are very, very stupid athletes in the sport. Meeting one of them, you know, the past, I would say, four or five years of my career, this being my sixth year, I spent my years as a runner and a weightlifter, not as an obstacle course racer. I just kind of used my athleticism to get me through. And then when you run into an obstacle, kind of like an upside-down wiggling ladder, um, and then you see you're having going up against somebody like Ryan Atkins, who's like a perfectionist. He's a scientist when it comes to this stuff. Um, you learn your lesson, and you take home a smaller paycheck. Okay, so it's going to be a battle between you and Ryan and probably Killian. Who else do you see? I would say Hobie, too. Hobie, too. Hobie is really good at courses like this. Hobie is just, he's like a chicken nugget with legs and arms. Like, he's just a tiny little person. And he's very, very, he's strong and he's very, like, he's like a bunny rabbit, like, through the reeds. Like, he's so quick. So this kind of course is like every climb is 200 feet and you go up and down, up and down through these single tracks. You're going to see somebody who is super fast and quick, like, you know, clever on their feet win this race. Like there's only, I would say one section where you stretch it out for more than a half mile without running into a, like a, you know, a hairpin turn. You've always liked Hobie in these events. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know. He's, you know, I don't know him, so I can't speak on it. I've raced him shoulder to shoulder. For the beginning of my career, I raced alongside of him every single race until the last mile where he'd always end up getting me or I got him. Um, he's just hes very analytical. I think the guy literally sits down in a room and looks at this stuff with protractors and weighing scales and stopwatches, and he does it like it's his job. So... Um, that's why I give it to him. Like you, that's why you saw the guy come in and win 2016 world championships because he sat in a room and he thought about it and he probably looked at the topographical maps. He probably looked at the paces, the miles. He probably had sandbags that were five pounds overweight, five pounds underweight, and he just practiced. So, yeah, you'll see. I'm He'll good. come after us. He's sharp. I get it. He's a dangerous little guy. All right, so here's another question that's kind of off the hook, and, I, and I, I'm asking you this on purpose because just the thread of conversations we've had about this, I don't know, it seems like you're not impressed yet, but we, we've made reference to the B stock of athletes out there, the guys that are really quite not there yet, but racing elite. Now, I think there's a yeah. lot of young puppies coming up that I think are going to be very, very interesting to watch. How many years do you think it's going to be, and who do you think we've got to watch for? I don't know. That's tough. I think I'm the only only people who have shown up and then like worked their ass off and gone through the ranks, the only person I can think of is Angel. That kid, he showed up a couple of years ago, and he got his ass kicked for like three years straight, and now he's a hard worker, and he's a top contender. So I don't know. I don't really know if I see talent amongst people. Like that kid, VJ, like he – I've watched him for years, and it seems like he's getting better. Um, but I don't really know of anybody else. Uh, it's it's tough because the like you know Austin Azar is one of those people where when I look at him, I'm like, oh shit, that kid's 
like a stud. I trained with him for a week because we were going to do the Tough Mudder team together. And it was every single step I took, he was right alongside of me or just ahead of me. I was like, this sucks. This kid is an animal. So He, he could out drink I don't you. know. I think, I think, no, man, nobody can out drink <laughs> me. No, nobody can out drink I remember I buried him. I took him to a comedy show one night and the guy literally, his head almost fell off his shoulders. Um, <laughs> you know, so... I would tell you this, if there's anybody listening, I'll give you the tips that I wish somebody would have walked up and told me, because I used to contact all my top athletes, all the top athletes in any sport I wanted to be the best at. Most of them never responded. I would say like one in every 200 or something like that that I wrote, you know, would write me back. I would say, one, you have to be consistent with miles. You're better to have, you know, 12 weeks of 40 miles than, you know, three weeks at 60 three weeks at 30 and then like, you know, three weeks at like, you know, 15 cause you rolled your ankle or you just got, you know, shin splints cause you did too much in the beginning. Um, I would say the other thing is be sports specific. Like I, I like to weight lift, but now I only weight lift one day a week and the rest of my training is either rock climbing or it's very, very specific to like bucket carries, monkey bars, rigs, ropes, whatever. And then last but not least, I would say don't drink. Those are my tips. <laughs> Those are good tips. Yeah. Those are good tips. I like the uh, I like well, the tip. Know, the consistency thing is a big one. I think a lot of people, they're trying to jump their mileage way, way too fast. And they end up getting hurt. And then they're out for a while. And then there's a lot of missed time training. So absolutely. I think uh, building up the volume and hanging on to it for a good length of time is going to pay big dividends. And I like the sports specificity, too. I, I think there's a lot of exercise that guys do that is just wasted. It's just, it, you know, as I said, you might as well stay home and eat pizzas, my comment, when I see some of these workouts. Yeah, yeah. There's only, like, three weightlifting movements that I think are really important. I think there's probably about, you know, all you can do is just keep on training different grip implements, and training different ways of making your body fitter, moving through time and space, meaning like if you can do a toe touch, like a toe raise to a, a bar, then add a spin to it, add a twist to it, add an isometric hold to it, and you're going to start to see humongous jumps. And um, like, you know, one thing that I think about is like spears. Like I think a lot of people come to Spartan races and want to do well. They run and they do pull-ups, and then they show up and throw a spear and they miss it. And I think that's like the biggest reason why people lose spartan races or, or like lose placements is something like as simple as that so you know learn your lesson no, they weren't prepared i i'm always underprepared. well you know the other day we sat down and we looked at a topo map of a course and started thinking about what the approach might be to prepare for such an event and i think you need to do that and you're yeah. you, you mentioned it earlier ryan atkins is one of those guys he told me himself that he picks this stuff apart. He figures out what the competition's able to do within these various uh, challenges, and he sets that as a yardstick for what he needs to accomplish. And I think that's a real smart strategy. Clearly, it's worked for him. Well, you wait and see. I've been doing the same this year, you dirty Canadian. <laughs> well, we've got to go get him. We're going to go get him. We'll get him. I'm excited. You know what? Look, I'm going to give it to Ryan this year. Ryan might not have the best race results because he's taking a lot on his plate. And it's not that I wish badly on him. I think, you know what, he's on a vision quest here. And it sounds like he's going to do all these super long trail. Like, you know, he's going to try to get FKTs in Canada. 
he's doing the NBC, he's doing the tough mutter thing. So it's going to be a tough year for him. But um, I think that guy's going to get a lot more out of doing what he really wants to do rather than what, you know, maybe the sport wants him to do. So you might not see the same year that Ryan Atkins had last year as you do this year. So, you know, well, I don't hold it against him. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, the big difference, I think, is he, he had jumped ship to go to Tough Mudder, and I think that that type of an event series is right up his alley, don't you? I think so. I would say there's probably nobody better prepared than he is uh, for that kind of thing. You know, I really have wanted to see people like Chad Trammell and um, Chad Trammell and Ryan Woods like come in and like show him what's up. But you know, the thing is, like, I looked at his training leading up to leading up to the uh, toughest in LA, and I looked at those two guys training. And the reason why he won is because he trained just the right way for this race, and it might not have been intentional. But, like, you know, the second half of that race, you just got tons of elevation. He trained tons of elevation where Ryan Woods and, and Chad ran flat for, 100, like, 100 mile every single week for, like, four months straight leading up to this thing. But they got – basically, it was, like, the equivalent of, like, walking up a flight of steps every single time they went out for a run. They didn't cover any elevation. And it crushes you. So yeah. I think you'll see him. He's put in the base, so you'll see him do really well in that eight-hour stuff. Give me some feedback on the women's field. What do you think? I'm talking about Monterey. I think the women are women are fantastic. I love women. Is that what you want to know? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But, Contrary um, to what other people I, uh, thought. Yeah, that's <laughs> all. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I would say my money is on Nicole Miracle. She's my favorite for this year on the women's side. Um, she's uh, she's quiet. She's humble. You wouldn't know much about her, but you know I'm kind of trying to give her all the information I can on my side. Uh, but she, she doesn't need my help. That girl is a superstar. Um, you know, you see someone like Faye, who was a rock star last year, who's going to have to really just suck it up and find. Um, a little bit extra courage and reason to be better because people like Alyssa Holly, who just won this time, she's sick and tired of being an underdog and she trains her hardest to just, just to outrun the next person. So I think people like Lindsay and Faye need to dig down deep and find another reason to be better because there's people who are hungry. They're chomping at the bit. Nobody wants to sit in fifth, sixth, seventh place for, for a career. So there's people climbing up um, on the, Tough Mudder side, I think you're basically going to see um, you're going to see that girl Stephanie absolutely just rip apart the competition forever. And you know, I always have a humongous. Um, I've always cheering for April Lou or April. Her name's April D. She would kill me if I called her April Lou. That was her ex-husband's last name. Um, I think she is a superstar, but you know, she's a full-time mom. She has like two or three jobs, so I think she's just she's kind of reached a point where she loves racing, but she also loves her family and her job more. I like That's Stephanie. I, just her energy and her approach to things. She's going to be really tough to beat in the long stuff. Oh, for sure, dude. She, I met her last year, and I watched her literally put in some insane training that just shocked me. And she's just so blah and cool about it. She's like, well, you know, I might go run like 250 miles in the mountains and the snow. I'm like, well, 
That sounds like a death trap, and I will let you do that by yourself. Yeah, I know. So I, I, I did that interview with her. I did that interview with her a while back, and she was talking about that Adirondack 64 or whatever, 46, where she said it was like, yeah. um, I don't know, like 30 below zero with the wind chill, snowing. The snow was up to her waist, and uh, I yeah, don't know. And she just loves that stuff. absolutely miserable. Yeah, well, that's what it is. It's those people who have that certain kind of mindset. It's like that David Goggins guy. You know, that guy would run into, like, you know, the pits of hell and back for a training run if that was the only mileage he could cover. So that's what she, that's the kind of girl she is. She loves that kind of stuff. She doesn't mind suffering, and then she can get the job done. She's probably going to make some cash. Well, very cool. So, by the way, I mentioned it to you. I'm going to interview Nicole right after this. What do you think uh, would yeah. be a good question for? So the audience can I'd hear. probably get some of her, like, I would get some of her college times, and I would also try to learn a little bit about her rock climbing training because I'm starting to realize that if you want to be really good at OCR, just start rock climbing. So I'm learning from her about rock climbing and stuff and, you know, just watching Atkins and Lindsay do it. Um, but, yeah, I would learn a little bit about that. Uh, she's got a really cool dog. I'm sure she'd love to talk about that. And she also used to work for Hoka. You guys would have so much fun talking about Hoka together because I know you hate those shoes. Yeah. And She's not wearing them. Yeah, she... you guys should talk about it. She's get... Oh, dude, she loves wearing Hoka. She gave me a pair of Hoka, and I know you're probably going to chop my head off now that I'm telling you this, but I ran the whole backbone trail on those Hokas, and I felt like I was riding in a Cadillac the whole time. You ding-dong. It was inc- it was incredible. There's nothing you can do about it. I love those shoes. But oh, honestly, uh, you got she's gonna try to sell you on them. When I I sat down and I was making fun of her the whole time. I was like, you know, you're not gonna convince me to put these stupid space boots on. And she sits there and she starts telling me the whole spiel about it because she was a sales rep, I think, and she had to go around and start to give people all this information. So you guys just go at it together. We're gonna fight. You know, be nice to her. Yeah, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. Yeah. It's well, like um, every once in a while, I like to that guy. That guy Mark Sisson yeah. works at, works out at my gym in Malibu, and he's like the founding father of Paleo. And I just love to sit down and pick his brain sometimes about what he thinks about carbs, and just like you know, he he's got he just goes off and blah blah blah. I would love to put him in a room with you, and you guys just go after it. I bite his throat out. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look, dude. So we're going to be in Monterey. You're going to win that race. Otherwise, you're paying all my expenses to be there. You're going to kick a little dirt in your Canadian friend's face. I'm hoping for, well, I don't know. I got skin in the game. I got a couple girls that I'm training that are going to be racing. So I don't want to. I don't want to step on my, uh, you know, my foot. Look, unless you're a fan of Nicole, then you're not a fan of the winner. I think that girl's going to be on fire there. I'm going to talk to her about it. I'm going to talk to her about it. All right, so what else we got to – let's close this show. What, what can we talk about that we could close this show with? How about Broken Skull? Uh, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, buddy. Broken Skull, yeah, man. Yeah, what do you want to talk about? You own that yeah. shit. I do own that shit. Now, let me tell you something. That right there is my – my bread and butter these days. I absolutely love it. It's something I, I, I tell people that I've been waiting for my whole life. Like, I love roughhousing. I love, like, 
doing little redneck competitions where you're like picking up rocks and running to the other side of the yard as hard as you can. Like this, this stuff was made for me. So if you guys see me like not showing up to Spartan races because I'm training my ass off to defend my title there, because I know people are hungry and coming after me. Ryan talks about coming to beat me all the time. And I laugh every who, night who, before I go to bed. Who said that? Thinking about that. What, Ryan Kent? Ryan Kent. Why don't you just yeah. challenge him to a fist fight in your backyard and get it over with? We arm wrestled on the boat, um, that, that Spartan cruise boat. It was basically like a booze cruise. Yeah, yeah. And I whooped the living shit out of him. Did you? And his dad was an arm wrestling world champion. So I, I should probably write his dad a letter and let him know there's something pussy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I think you guys, Those you are put, fighting words. You, you, what you got to do is just take some dress socks and put them on your fists and just go toe-to-toe in the backyard. Maybe, maybe even uh, do it I Indian stuff. Strap one arm behind your back and just one arm punching. That way you can't block. I like I like I like those Hulk hands. You can get them at like a Toys R Us, yeah. and they're supposed to be for kids. But you basically just use them to beat the shit out of your friends. <laughs> I like it. I don't think there's. I'm hoping that this series, the the this NBC series, will bring out a little bit more trash talking people because. They're terrible at trash talk, and I love trash talk. And don't take this the wrong way. I don't. I don't really dislike any of my competitors. I consider them all to be friends. But um, I think that will bring a lot of excitement to the 2017 Spartan and, and Tough Mudder series. Well, you got to talk a little trash. I mean, otherwise, it's no fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think you can expect great things out of this year. I think there's going to be some really, really cool up-and-coming athletes i think there's going to be some amazing new people shining in the ranks um i think tough mutter is going to bring some elements to like the obstacle racing kind of world that we didn't expect before but also i think people really need to start looking at the latter part of the season which not a lot of people you know try super hard for but things like ocr world championships now they're supposedly a a new, you know, U.S. championship. There's so many races popping up. I might even start my own. So you never know. Yeah. But um, everybody should be training hard. Keep uh, you know, keep your head down for now, just like I have. Start late in the season and cream people in the latter half. So let's talk about next week. You're going to come out and see me. We're going to try that new trick that I talked about, right? Yeah, and then I think we're going to try to go for a one-mile uh, you know, drag your ass on a bike PR. I want to see if I can break like a 445 dragging you. That'd be big. That'd be big. We can't include that hill, though, can we? Big. We can't include that hill. No, that would, that would probably blow me out. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll decide on the course when we get there, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling fresh. I want you to know, big deal. The other day, I woke up in the morning, weighed in at 196, and then I went for a run, came back weighing 192, dehydrated, but looking great. Right. So By the way, I've lost. I think we should do this yeah. workout we're going to do. I think we should do it Facebook Live. Fine by me, man. We'll Fine reveal that secret weapon in the secret lab. What do you think? Yeah, man, I love it. I love it. I love the idea of it. All right. Well, look, man, I'll see you next week. Let's put a fork in this thing. And uh, I've got an interview with Nicole coming up next, and I'm going to air that probably next week. All right, guys. Well, it was a pleasure talking to Rich so that you guys can hear about our lovely best friend partnership of him being my coach. And uh, we will catch up with you guys soon. All right, man. 
Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.